Hello, this is Peter McLean. Welcome to my podcast. This is the first episode, and as such, there is no fancy introduction and not even especially a good name for the podcast because I'm going to work that out as I go along. It's time to start inspiring one another again. Throughout the pandemic, there has been chaos, uncertainty, fear, and the driving suspicion that all of our political apparatus is unequal to the task about balancing between managing the environment, safety, activity, our freedoms, against the dictatorial bent of human nature, which seeks to exert ever-increasing and total control over the affairs of others in abdication of the ability to control the self. As so frequently happens in polity, many leaders, and frequently the people, have cast aside what was the classic Christian liberalism that underlay democracies, for their response to the COVID-19 crisis. COVID-19, that very moniker, should shake us out of our complacencies. It has been two years since this coronavirus variant was formally identified. Almost 24 months now since news of it started to spread, since European governments started to acknowledge the virus and the US imposed travel restrictions in what many saw as an overreaction to viral spread. Two years of, for many around the world, illness, hospitalisation, death, lockdowns on national scales, unheard of in history, the introduction of social distancing, masking whole populations, shutting down borders, commerce and family on an order never before imagined and not even legislated in our civilization. During that time, locked down populations have been increasingly castigated, divided and derided by so many leaders frustrated by a virus that, oddly enough, does not want to submit to authoritarian rule. People pitted against one another by the ones meant to unite and support them. Add to this the opportunism of certain political groups that have used the crisis to further their social agenda has been audacious and reeks of manipulation and dehumanisation. Whatever your newfound expertise in epidemiology, immunology, border control, remote learning, social cohesion, economic management, supply chain management and logistics, the facts about what we have experienced are undeniable. I studied the philosophies of classic liberalism as an undergraduate. A major of my degree was in liberal studies. No, not studies of an Australian political party, but studies that I undertook in the US of the disciplines that defined and shaped the modern world. Science, mathematics, humanities, history, English and great literature, rhetoric, philosophy, psychology and sociology, and the one currently most ignored by contemporary society to its own lasting detriment, theology. One of the mottos that our university's president was fond of expressing and indeed pondered often in his class lectures was the application of the verse in the Gospel of John, The truth shall set you free. In that one phrase is summed up one of the undergirding principles of classic liberalism, that it is the pursuit and application of truth that sets the mind and society free from the constraints of superstition, ignorance, and fear to become one that seeks to protect, enhance, and enrich life in every sphere. It is with a 
great sense of historical irony, therefore, that I have watched so many leaders abandon the very liberal principles that formed our societies, as they have sought in our post-truth society, to grapple with a foe so beyond their ken. Beyond their ken, because they never had truly absorbed how truth, liberty, justice, society, family and faith were all so intertwined. The new religion has become one in which all are subordinated to crushing the virus, even if that is two years on, three years on. How long? And so, in the midst of this social solipsism, my state experienced the loss of a little girl. The parents of four-year-old Cleo Smith woke up at their camping holiday to find their little treasure gone, disappeared. They went public immediately, calling on help from police and the community. Trolls responded to their grief and numbness by accusing them of nefarious dealings with their own daughter. But for the majority of well-meaning West Australians, for the majority of Australians, and for an increasing number of millions around the world who caught sight of this tragedy on social media and in the news, concerns for this little girl reflected our own desperate need to protect innocent ones who do not deserve the castigation do not deserve the separation, do not deserve the imprisonment of their spirit and their very life. Hundreds of police officers, officials, assistants, tens of thousands of community members, hundreds of thousands of onlookers all put in their efforts, their tips, their suggestions, their prayers and their dollars into the search for little Cleo. I, for one, did not hold out hope for their little girl. Only a couple of days into the search, I thought there was no hope of recovering her alive. Another number in a long line of tragedies that we weather every day. Another casualty to either nature or the abominations that parade as human beings who take such little children and utterly destroy them. My wife and others continue to hope, but of course were powerless. So far away, even in our own state. No way to help. Just leave it up to what would be. It was with absolute astonishment and overwhelming relief, therefore, that after almost three weeks of her loss, we woke to the news that Cleo had been found. Not only found, but found alive and well. By the people, oddly enough, assigned and designated to help govern the orderliness of our societies. The police. Amazing. And as we all turned to the news, the tears welled up in our eyes and fell across our faces. As we felt our hearts sing with those of the parents of this gorgeous, innocent girl who had been retrieved by some butch police officers kicking down the doors of despair and gently scooping up this precious bundle in which we had invested all things pure to learn that her name was truly Cleo and that she would be one with her family again. The truth shall set you free. We were all liberated in that moment, freed from fear, freed from pain, freed from the isolation and desperation of a people which cannot stop the viruses that plague humanity, not merely in their biology, which comes and goes, but from the viruses that plague the spirit. Instead, our spirits soared. That's what inspiration is making our spirits take flight on the back of truth and courage. This was right. This was pure. This was true.
And so I say, it's time. Time to stop fearing. Time to stop shrinking back. Time to stop the slide. Yes, it's time to start sharing with one another again, sharing tales of love and loyalty. Time to start being truthful again about what we know and believe, what we need, and about where we're headed. Time to start moving one another again with Herculean efforts to save one lost little lamb. Time to, in the words of Shakespeare, take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing, end them. Together. It's time to start inspiring one another again. I'm Peter McLean. Join me on the podcast and my website, petermclean.co and also petermclean.online. And I will speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.